0: Hello and welcome to another Use of Force. I'm Mike Varley.
1: I'm Jesse Hyatt.
0: And today, as part of our Uptown Manhattan Walk, we have another instance of use of force that Jesse is going to describe to you now that happened in 2012.
1: Yeah, so in April of 2012, there was a man who is named Rudolph Wyatt. He was 23 years old and he was killed by the police in Harlem we usually start this off by reading the use of force report from the nypd document this is not included in the use of force report because the officer that killed rudolph was actually a retired lieutenant there were on-duty officers involved but they were not the ones that shot Wyatt themselves. So they didn't include it in the use of force. And we might talk about that more in a moment, but I'm going to tell you first what happened. So there's a pharmacy at First Avenue and 119th Street. Two men entered the pharmacy with their guns pointed around 11 a.m., They asked the customers and the owner and the workers to get on the floor. And then they asked for cash, Oxycontin and Percocet. The worker gave them about $300 in cash and what they had of the Oxycontin and Percocet, which apparently was not very much. They only had a half bottle of oxycotton available. And in the news report, it doesn't say how much Percocet was available. The worker was able to press a security button that automatically called the police. There were two officers that were in the area that arrived to the scene at 11.05 so just within a couple minutes. There was also a traffic officer that got the call and arrived at the same time. So the three officers got information at the door. As the two men that were robbing the pharmacy came out, the officers were there waiting. The first man complied and they were I guess about to handcuff him when Wyatt came out and he had his gun pointed. He tried to shoot at the officers, but his gun malfunctioned. They know that he did try to shoot because when they looked at the gun after, it had three bullets that were pushed. But they hadn't gone out of the gun. So I guess this gave him enough time to start to try and run away and as he was crossing First Avenue the police officers that had responded were shooting at him and that caught the attention of a retired lieutenant that was in the area He thought that the gunman was shooting at the officers as opposed to the other way around, so he shot Wyatt three times from about 55 feet away, once in the head, and he was pronounced dead at the scene. So my main takeaways from this like i said earlier this is not considered something that the nypd use needs to write up in their use of force report because the person who actually fired the lethal bullet was not an on-duty officer right Personally, I think it should still be listed because it was a retired officer and the reason that he got involved was because of the on-duty officers also firing their weapons. Yeah. I was trying to look up when I was reading about this incident. There's a law in our country, not just in New York, but throughout the whole country where police officers can't be sued for use of deadly force or really anything. People can sue the state and the city, but they can't actually sue the police officer themselves. And that's called qualified immunity. Mm -hmm. So this is something that's actually come up recently as people are starting to research these types of things on their own. This has been, I heard this term a lot a couple months ago. People were asking for qualified immunity to be, revoked. And the thing I was trying to research in relation to this particular incident is whether or not qualified immunity applies to a retired officer. It doesn't seem, and I could be wrong on this because I wasn't I just wasn't able to find any information about it. It doesn't seem as though anyone sued This retired lieutenant, his name wasn't listed anywhere. I know that he was 48 years old. That's the only thing that was listed about him. So I don't know. It it is something I'm curious about when I when I research it, when I Google it, all the articles that come up are about qualified immunity in general, not Mm -hmm. particularly I haven't been able to find anything particularly about retired police officers and how that applies. Mm
0: -hmm. So this instance is similar to the one we saw with Scott Cato a couple of weeks ago as far as pharmacy robbery goes. Yeah. And we talked a bit about the circumstances surrounding prescription drugs in this country and what it is to remove somebody from the chain of prescription drug supplies to the community. This instance is, seems more like a one-off than the other one where the, where Scott Cato was hitting up the same store multiple times. Right. And they used a tracker, and there was an opportunity to potentially intercept this person without lethal force in this instance it is as as written described as a more movie style gunfight situation right which maybe you know befits somebody that's 23 years old and is caught up in just a life that's you know movie-like and and how it's gone, you know, in a bad way, you know?
1: Yeah, well, you know, we're, there's a lot of talk even now as we're living in the pandemic about young people having this uh, immortal idea of themselves. And when I was thinking about this earlier, I was also thinking, imagining a young man you know running away from police and he has a gun and i can imagine how that could potentially go through your head like i'm untouchable i'm young i've gotten away with things in the past and i'm untouchable and i can get away with this again
0: and also if you haven't been presented any opportunities to the contrary to that point in your life you're desperate too you don't have any other recourse you know yeah so
1: and it is a young man i yeah so i the there are a number of articles written about this and not all of them but most of them talk about this person they use that term career criminal rudolph wyatt had a criminal history he was linked to a couple other robberies of pharmacies and he was also linked to a couple other incidents of gun violence in both Manhattan and in Georgia. But to call someone a career criminal when they're 23 years old seems strange to me considering the things that we think of as careers don't often happen until you're later, until you're older than 23 years old?
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, it speaks to the idea that rehabilitation for criminals is simply a meaningless word. It doesn't, there's no actual intent to rehab people into functioning citizens. Right. So, there is that thread that we've seen previously and we'll likely see again of drug abuse prescription drug abuse and also you know black market potentially selling of these drugs
1: mm-hmm.
0: all things that could be improved if we got serious about drugs as a disease and not as a punishment as far as something that's new for me in this particular case i'm struck by how vital it is that we actually have trust for what law enforcement is saying that we are told that the gun jammed three times and that there were Bullets that were pressed in but didn't go off. At which point the person started running. Uh, to my in- interpretation or my understanding, it would that would only be something that the news was communicating because they were given that information by the police. They were right. not
1: right. Right when these... given
0: access to this weapon.
1: No, I'm sure when the evidence is inspected, it's in a secret particular area and sealed and it's not passed on in person to anyone to oversee.
0: And so we, you know, we have to trust what it is that the police department is saying about this, that these were the actual events as they occurred, that this person intended to shoot the police and and maybe intended to harm other people in the way of uh escaping and that's why they felt the need to shoot at him. Right. And then also that's why we have this retired officer that came in and then we have to trust that their intentions were the best. Even even further leap because there's less accountability that we can hold to somebody like that, but also just as much fraternal protection by the police. Yeah. And so it really just underscores to me how important it is that police need to make the effort to demonstrate that they have the high ground morally at all times and are fulfilling the law, not in a way that protects them and their best interests, but in a way that protects the society because we have so much trust put in their version of the events
1: right and we don't have a lot of options otherwise at the current moment and I think that's one thing that we do kind of keep coming back to both in this episode and also in life in general when we talk about these things that there needs to be some sort of second degree of Oversight and some kind of accountability from a non-biased party.
0: Yeah, I mean it's go- it's going to be very difficult in most instances, unless there. I mean, unless there was an organization that's coming in to impartially evaluate crime scenes. I'm not sure. You know. Yeah. The idea is that the police are supposed to be uh, law upholding and. Behaving in the way that is the best interests of the society. So I mean, that's Where you have instances where family is present and then they can present a different side of things That's where you feel like there's maybe a bit more dialogue. I understand it's messy and then it it can become an emotional thing where somebody's loved one is killed while committing a crime Mm -hmm. they might not be able to see what actually happened that would be the defense that a, a police department might end up giving right but you know that's the types of things that come with the job that they have to deal with and if if they can demonstrate regularly that they are performing admirably the task of Upholding the values the society is deemed worthy, then they'll be questioned less times. But that right. is not the case with what we currently exist in.
1: Well, I think we're also in a moment in time right now, which it's not the first moment in time that's like this, but society is saying what we think is worthy. I think the. Police Department is in some ways upholding the values that society has told them they want. They're just maybe 60 years behind at following what society tells them they want. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Or only listening to one portion of what society wants. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And they're really, their, their job is to be here to serve everyone so it's important that people know what they want and it's also important that they start to listen to everyone and not just the select few that they're currently engaging with right i think there's one more thing in this incident that is worth talking about and it's just generally the the fact that this retired lieutenant got involved and assumed that he knew exactly what was going on.
0: So they'll stay in family groups. Right. So and I don't know
1: if I have a really clear thesis on this, but Whether that was a retired lieutenant that carries a weapon or any good Sum- Samaritan, we'd say, that happens to carry a weapon that wants to get involved, there isn't really a protocol in general for how to intervene when something's going on between other people. I know I find myself on the subway or in a park or in public somewhere, seeing people having some kind of disagreement. Sometimes it's between a parent and a child. Sometimes it's between two adults. That seems violent. And I wonder what is my role here? And I don't think that, especially someone that used to be a police officer, I don't think that the answer is just walk away and ignore it. It's none of your business. But I also don't think that the answer is, kill the person that you think looks like the bad guy. Right. So I don't, it's very nuanced and every situation would would be different. Yeah. But it does just bring me to this idea that we don't really have a lot of conversations about that. We have more conversations about, go about your own business and do the best for yourself. But we don't really have conversations about when do I intervene in something that doesn't look great? And when is my opinion valid? And when is it really not?
0: Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to create. It's hard to have those conversations and not think that people will start creating rules and then hold people to those rules, even if the rules are imperfect. Right. And also, get gets scary, because if you're talking about law enforcement, so there's some sort of governing body that's behind this type of thing, and then to have the law enforcement, the governing body, tell you how you have to behave in a certain crime that gets kind of concerning too. Yeah, so, yeah. But I understand the idea that having a dialogue about what to do in certain situations is would be nice. I would like more guidance.
1: Right, at least some kind of an idea of how to step in without causing more problems. Yeah. So unfortunately that incident, it does seem that by stepping in, more problems were caused. And Rudolph Wyatt lost his life over $300 and a half a bottle of Oxycontin.
0: If you know more about the Rudolph Wyatt case, if you'd like to talk more about it, give us a contact. Thanks, as always, for listening. And for now, take care. Bye. Bye.